Hey, this is Danny Voss, co-host of the Diesel Performance Podcast. Before we start today's show, I wanted to thank each and every one of you for downloading and listening to the show. The response has been great. We really appreciate the support. We've uploaded only six shows so far, and already it's been downloaded several thousand times. That is absolutely amazing for a new podcast like this. Our goal is to publish a new episode every week. We also want to grow the number of listeners, so please share this podcast with everyone. Subscribe through iTunes if you haven't already, and leave a comment. Sorry to keep you waiting. Let the show begin. The following podcast contains explicit language. Hello again. Thank you for joining us. I'm Paul Wilson. And I'm Danny Voss. And we really appreciate you listening in to the Diesel Performance Podcast. Uh, today we got a great episode. We're going to talk about buying trucks. Uh, it's something that all of us had to go through at one point and something that we're probably all going to go through again in the future. So, Danny, tell us a little bit about your experience and your background as far as buying and selling diesel trucks. Well, I was in the automobile industry for a little over seven years doing a buying, selling, trading all over the country, actually all over the world. Really? And Yeah, you name it. Um, I've sold a vehicle to a lot of different continents. But, you know, we talk about Duramaxes every day at work. We talk about Cummins trucks, you know. But like you said, everybody's been in the situation before. They've been in the buying seat. So let's put you there and let's figure out what we need to do as far as spending your money wisely. I love it. I love it. Okay. So we're going to break down a customer profile, which Danny will lay out for us here in just a second. I'm going to be the customer. Danny's going to make some recommendations and some warnings about different trucks that we would consider in those price ranges. And we're going to hit them all. So whether you're a Ford guy, a Dodge guy, or a Chevy guy, you know, pay attention. Uh, I'm sure the information you're looking for is going to be in the segment. Excellent. Go ahead, Danny. Who am I? All right. You can be Paul. How's that sound? I like that. You're good at being Paul. That's a good name. You can be Paul. You're 40 years old. You have two kids. You work construction. Yeah, you have two kids, you're a construction worker, and you use your truck for, you know, weekend warrior purposes. You you got a toy hauler, you got your camper, um, you know, and, and you race for fun on the weekends. You also haul your race car to the drag strip. Okay. You, you're living the dream, Paul. I love it. Yeah, that, that sounds awesome, Yeah, actually. now you're looking for a truck. You know, everybody's got different budgets, and we all know that. And working at the dealership for so long, I had people come in with uh, anywhere from ten grand to forty grand, and that was kind of our um, outline that we we laid out to you know kind of dissect the market that way. So you know, let's say uh, Paul has ten thousand dollars he wants to spend. He's got ten grand and it's burning a hole in his pocket. You said okay, so I got ten grand. I got two kids. Mm-hmm. I I daily drive my truck. This is my vehicle yeah. that I, I'm going to live in. You are. Okay, so I know basic things are important to me. I got to have some options. I got to have power windows, power locks. I'm not reaching across to lock the doors after the kids. I have to have a back seat, so no regular cabs. I'll just tell you up front, Ten grand. I got kids. I got to put them in it. And let's face it, I mean, ten grand. you are going to be hard-pressed to find a nice truck that you can put your kids in and want to drive every day. They're, they are out there, but you're going to have to resort to going back in time a little bit. Um, you know, uh, possibly a late model 12L, they went all the way up till 98.5, um, or a second gen from 98.5 to 02 Dodge. 
Um, there's a lot of trucks, you know, in that $10,000 price range. But a lot of things that I really look for as far as the first gen, second gen Cummins trucks, well, pr primarily the second gen from 98 and a half to 02, you know, I first of all, I find out, is it a 53 block? Are you running the block that everybody hears bad things about? Um, we would really stay away from the 53 block just because of the stigma. Uh, our mechanic here owns two 53 block common second gens. <laughs> so it's not saying it's bad, but, you know, if you're going to try to resell it and you're trying to buy the best, get the best deal, stay away from the 53 block. It's stamped right on it. On the driver's side, um, bottom of the block, right above the oil pan, right above the right by the wire harness you can pull it down and move it and, and see that info tell me tell me why is that why do i stay away from the 53 block well a lot of guys if you go online and you look you can see that the blocks are known to split whether you're tuned hauling big weight or hauling big weight while you're tuned you know okay. <laughs> they they can uh, basically lose all their coolant and they split right by the water jackets and you now have a boat anchor if that happens to you. <laughs> it was a bad casting for the year. Okay. And not everyone has it, but those are the ones that you should stay away from, especially if you only have ten grand and now you're looking at a truck. Um, you know, you might be up for a motor replacement if that's the case. Right. So when it comes to Dodges, you know, in the second gens, you know, specifically, I stay away from um, that 53 block, like I was saying, but also you got to save some extra money for a few small necessities. You got to put a lift pump on a VP truck because the factory lift pumps are notorious for failing. And when they fail, they actually don't have a flow through capability and they will in fact starve your VP44 injection pump. And if you've been there, you know what I'm talking about because you probably learned the hard way. So now you're $1,000 in your, in your VP injection pump and you're stuck replacing your lift pump. So I tell people the very first day you buy a second gen Cummins, buy a lift pump to replace the stock lift pump. So when it does fail, because it will one day, it's 12 volts, it's always on. When it fails, not if. Right. It's under full warranty, and it has a flow-through capability where it won't starve your VP44 injection pump, and you can still continue on with your day. Okay, okay. So, so I mean, ten grand, you are going to be really hard-pressed uh, to find a solid Dodge unless uh, you have a friend and you know the maintenance. I mean, on. I feel like like ten grand would get me a real nice first-gen, no? Uh, I've sold first gens from 15 to 20 grand that were rust free, low miles, manual trans, four wheel drive, low miles. Wow. Hard to find. And definitely, um, if you have this cash in your pocket, that's it's easier because the ball's in your court. If you're trying to get financing with only 10 grand, it's probably not going to happen. Really? Yeah, because banks don't want to finance anything really um, 05 and older, if, you know. Yeah. generally speaking you okay. know, give you a good rate and give you a good term right so to get like a 98 and a half uh second gen cummins finance is going to be impossible if you're a finance customer don't even look at that truck what would be a better option let's say i wasn't married to dodge what if i'm thinking hey i would drive a ford or i would drive a chevy is there anything that's really going to be in that financeable range um financeable range i mean the closest thing that you're probably going to come to as far as getting financing is a Duramax because obviously everybody knows that 01 was the start of the Duramaxes with LB7. Even getting financing on 01 to 05 vehicles currently um, is really tough. It's a stretch. Okay. It is a stretch. So you're, you're probably going to have to walk in with something down and a good credit score. You're going to want a good credit score. You're going to want money down You're or and or positive equity in your trade. Okay. 
um, it's going to help because a lot of the times if you're looking for a rust-free truck that's unmodified and low miles, it's going to be above the book value and you have to find a way to come up with that cash. Right. And right. if it's a nice truck, people will come up with that cash. Yeah. The book values are great and everything. It's a great guide. But I just want everybody to know that it is a guide. It's not a Bible. <laughs> There's no button on you know, the website on Kelly Blue Book or NADA or Edmonds or any of those websites that says, send me the check now for this truck or send me the truck now. Right. So, like I said, it's a great guide. You really have to shop the market and know what they're selling for all over from coast to coast because the numbers are all over the board. And to find the truck that you want, you know, $10,000 probably isn't going to get you the nicest family cruiser, Paul. Okay. But it, it does get you a starter vehicle. It so will. let's say I'm getting into a starter, into a Duramax. You had mentioned the LB7. We've talked a little bit before about stock LB7s on, on the podcast. So I, I know a little bit, and I think our listeners have some of the basics. We're, we want to keep an eye out for injectors. How do you spot injectors if I'm not a technician and I'm on a lot looking at an LB7 that I want to buy? Well, let's just put it in your head right now that most LB7s are going to need injectors. You know, I've seen them <laughs> 60,000 to 100,000 miles needing this work. So, you know, knowing that um, that is the pitfall on LB7 is the injectors and the labor, how labor intensive the job is. Um, keep that in mind. You might be getting a great deal on the truck. The truck might be a little smoky. You might have a couple injectors out of, out of you know, out of spec. But you might have to, just because you got a good deal, you might have to save that money and put it into your injectors. Sure. Okay. And I know injectors on LB7 run you anywhere from four grand at done at a shop all the way up to the fifty five hundred six grand, depending on what they run into while they're in there. Right, and you can spend money. So you, that great deal you thought you got just turned into a you know a truck that you could have bought maybe an LBZ and not had these problems. Okay. So I always show people what does five more grand get you? You know that's right. one big thing. But once again, if you got this cash in your pocket and you're looking to buy a truck, you know, chances are it's going to have rust, miles, or miles and rust. <laughs> you're such a salesman. I just heard the line, I, I always show you what five more grand would get you. The budget's 10 grand, Danny. I know. It's not 15. I hear you, you but Fucking salesman. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though? I like to tell people, I like to help people spend their money and help them understand what they're fully buying you know because uh somebody might come in with a five grand budget and not even realize what they're even wanting right so i hear you you got to take it down to the basics and the foundation of what you're trying to get here okay how about our ford guys what are they buying for 10 grand you know you're gonna you can buy uh you know you, you got an obs <laughs> original body style ford power stroke you know um you can possibly get a 99 to an 03 and a half 73, which personally is my favorite 73 that's available in those years. It's just because they had little to no problems. Typically, you know, you hear about it, you read about it, you always hear that, oh, 73s are bulletproof, but why are they bulletproof? Well, how do they get to the miles that they have and still be worth some? Well, they've already passed the test of time. The biggest thing to look for, though, on a Ford 73 from 99 to 03 and a half just right away look at the oil pan if that oil pan is rusted you know that you're going to have an oil pan in your future and people say oh an oil pan that's simple that's a simple fix but not on a 7.3 <laughs> you're laughing because the book calls for i think 24 hours of labor to do that job oh yeah the motor comes out yeah you got you know and some guys can lift it a little bit and you know get creative and right. get it in there but i'll tell you usually you know you're spending 
uh, anywhere from a grand to four grand, depending on where you take this thing. And all you did was a stinking oil pan. You didn't even do anything cool. <laughs> and the problem is if that oil pan's rusted, they use a cheap metal, by the way. That's right. why they rust. And we didn't know about this problem until probably, you know, five years ago where we started seeing a bunch come right. in, you know, over and over again from the excursions to anything with a 7.3 from 99 to 03 and a half. So that can really set you back. And thinking you got a great deal, once again. <laughs> and if it's got, like, a Band-Aid over it, if they make all this aftermarket stuff where you can put a shield over it, you can – I've seen guys that look like they took Bondo to it and tried to fix it while it was on. <laughs> Anything that's been altered, stay away from it because there's a reason why somebody tried to Band-Aid it. Right. You know? It's just going to cause you problems. It is gonna, not a final solution. It is not. I hear you. Okay. So definitely, you know, rust is a killer. And you'll find if that oil pan's rusted, usually the rockers, cab corners, box – you know, everything else is rusted. So it's all done so. Yeah. Okay. All right. So so now let's say that I'm forty. I have my <clears throat> two kids. I have still all of the same needs for my vehicle, but I got a little bit more money. All right. So let's say that I don't go up five grand. Let's say I got twenty five grand. Okay. Because we went from basically a bunch of trucks that I heard, although I I drive one of the trucks on the list actually, <laughs> the, the the old body style power Which stroke. Which is fine. Um Old beat up shit, old body style, whatever you want to call it. Um, <laughs> is that what that stands for? <laughs> <laughs> right? One of us is right. I'm positive of that. But um, okay, so now let's say that I got 25 grand and maybe I've gone through my first diesel. I've gone through one or two diesels in the past. I've, I've, I'm ready to trade in my my LB7 or my old body style, and I'm ready to get into something new. I want to try Dodge this time. What do you got for me, Danny? What What are me and my family going to be happy with? You know, 25 grand. It's it's definitely from twenty to thirty grand. It's really tough to find a nice rust-free, low mileage diesel. That's what you said about ten grand. I know, but it's such a crazy market out there, and I, that's why I'm sitting here talking to you today because I dealt with it every day, day in and day out for seven years, and had to explain this to people. So you got twenty-five grand. You're trying to find, um, and everybody wants a five-nine Cummins, okay? <laughs> so to find one with low miles that's rust-free, and I really, when I buy a truck, I like to buy them unmodified because I know that if somebody's already modified it, they had fun with it. Not everybody's just doing it to get fuel mileage, and there's a small percentage of guys that do that, or people, I should say, that do that. But chances are they were having a little fun with it. Sure. So trying to yeah. find a now kind of narrowing down even more trying to find a rust free one low miles and unmodified is really a needle in a haystack and for 25 grand it's like the dagger so what you will find typically is you know a 5.9 25 grand maybe 100,000 to 130,000 miles um you know 06 07 59 i'm not a big fan of the 67 personally from 07 and a half to 09 I just know why is that they they had a lot of issues you know in 07 and a half they went from the 5.9 that didn't run an EGR or DPF so in 07 and a half Cummins switched over to the 6.7s to have an emission compliant setup so they did in fact run an EGR and a DPF and they needed a couple years to work the bugs out but guys say oh that's great and everything I'll buy one cheap and delete it well that's fine we offer tuning for them but at the end of the day, you can still have problems because it was the first generation, you know, that those years of that motor. What? Why would you want to buy the first year-making model of that setup, personally? I, I hear you. It's the same thing I say about uh, 04 and a half, 05 uh, LLYs for the Duramaxes. They're just... It was first-generation equipment. It's unreliable. Right. That's just the way it is. You should have let the bugs get worked out and yeah. 
you know, maybe you're going to pay a little bit more, but you're going to get something that's going to be long-lasting. You're not going to have headache after headache with it. Okay. And so, resale value. So you're recommending an 06, 07 uh, Cummins, the 5.9. I love it because I can tune it with the FI Live. Mm -hmm. I love it because there's a ton of performance modifications available out there that I probably can pitch my wife on being okay with. You know, I've had a lot of customers and a lot of people I've dealt with in the past. They weren't doing a transmission build. They were fixing their transmission, and it just happened to come out of the shop better. Right. Um, twin turbos are for towing. So since I pull a camper and a trailer, I know that I there's a plentiful amount of twin kits to choose from to be able to set something up that will be great for the camper with my wife but also a lot of fun for me on the weekend. Well, the sky's the limit when it comes to the aftermarket world and a 5.9. Everybody that has a passion for it knows that, and you can spend what you want. But a few small things to really look for that's going to cost you in the long run. If you think you're getting this great deal for twenty five grand, you know, you, you're going to want to make sure the front end's nice and tight. They're notorious for being wandering all over the road. <laughs> the Cummins death wobble. Yes, having the death wobble, having the ball joints and the U-joints shot out of it. And, you know, now you're stuck spending two, three, four grand, depending on how, what kind of parts you put in it, sure. just in the front end. And once again, you didn't even do anything cool, and you thought, <laughs> uh, you know, you got a great deal, but now you're stuck spending all this money. Okay, okay. Plus, I'm, if I get an automatic, I'm dealing with a less than reliable automatic yes. transmission. They can be built mm -hmm. to be badass, but mm -hmm. from the factory, they're not much to sing about. I don't think they've ever won an award for having the greatest transmission automatic uh, in no years. no no company ever owned by Daimler Chrysler ever has no <laughs> right so I mean definitely some things that really look out for is the training on most Dodges especially okay. in a 5.9 era so just really make sure you know what you're buying that's what the point of this whole segment's about sure so you know if you got 25 grand and you say man I you, you talked me out of a Dodge with the transmission yeah absolutely I gotta have an oval I got to rack an oval up front. What am I spending twenty five grand on? <laughs> you know, typically what you will find for twenty five grand, and I know it sounds sick to even think this way, but so you're going to say a six zero, and I'm going to have to kick you I, off the podcast. I will not get kicked off the podcast. I hope <laughs> I hope you still invite me here. But I'll tell you um, what you can expect to buy, and I, I've sold a you know a seven three for thirty grand before that had twenty thousand miles on it. Sure, sure. So, I mean, there, there's exceptions, right? right? Gems. Definitely exceptions. Gems. Those cream puff trucks that you're just like oh it still has the plastic on the cd player this guy never <laughs> used it you know? oh my god but i'll tell you, you you can find a really super low mileage 7.3 um that's rust free in that price range and i've also seen the market bring higher mileage six sevens which are offered from 2011 to present time the six sevens a great motor i'm not a big fan of the 2011 six sevens because they run a plastic oil pan okay and they also have some turbo issues you know, so if you're going to get a 6.7, try to find a 12 or newer. Okay. You know, if you can. Because, yeah. once again, it's the first year of that whole setup. Sure. You know, and if you got into a 12 or newer, your chances of, you know, having a more pleasant buying experience and owner, you know, uh, owning the truck for that long, you're going to have a better outcome with a 12 or newer. Okay. So, say, you know, I don't know about that oval. You know, there's no room in my driveway <laughs> for a Ford, like I always say. You know, what can you find on the Chevy side? For twenty-five grand, well, I'll tell you, you can expect to find a really nice LBZ right around hundred thousand miles for twenty-five grand. That's rust-free, unmodified, four-door shore bed, you know, for your family. Okay. That can haul, you know, your camper, haul your sweet race car to the drag strip <laughs> and turn your nine-second quarter mile. You know, since you're that high-dollar construction worker, and that's you gotta, what I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Work hard, play hard. You betcha. And you want you should. 
you should be able to play hard. You're working hard every day. I hear you. And, you know, you. Uh, definitely, once again, is the, the rust thing really plays the factor where we live here in northern Illinois. Yeah. Everything is just rusted and crusted. Yeah. I, I also think it's to the point now where Craigslist and other private sale forums are just littered with the term Texas truck, southern right. truck. Everything I look at that's used apparently got shipped up here from the south. I don't know if they're not buying used trucks in the south mm-hmm. or if every person ever who sold a used vehicle thought they were slick by calling it a Texas truck or, or a southern truck. Right. Um, but it, it, it is a big factor. I mean, I know when I walk through a parking lot and you look underneath the trucks or, you know, you look at the back cab corners of the trucks, you can tell which trucks have lived here their whole life and which ones haven't. And those trucks are still bringing huge money. Oh, yeah. Because they can't find them. The supply and demand is crazy. Um, people will still spend the money. And because they know what an LBZ is all about, they know that it'll last forever if they take care of it. You know, who cares about cab corners and rockers? They all rust, they might say. You know, I'm, <laughs> it's a factory option with Dodge. It comes with rust, you know. Okay, big deal. Let's find one that you can start from a rust-free platform. Okay. Okay. That's that's always my advice because when you go to sell it, it's gonna bring you. You know, you know, you're not us diesel guys. <laughs> we have problems hanging on, hanging on to stuff sometimes. <laughs> so when you want to sell that vehicle, you want to be able to show the next guy, hey, look, this is what's done. It was it was like this when I bought it. It's still rust free and it still has value to it. Right. Okay. So let's say so let's say I don't have a budget. Let's say I'm willing to spend forty grand, forty grand plus. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll go through the same same system here. What am I rocking with uh, with horns on it? You know, uh, a lot of the fourth-gen Cummins trucks, my personal favorite, I have to tell you, for, you know, when you get in the newer body style Cummins trucks, I like the 2011 and a half and newer trucks better because in 2011 and a half, they came out with the Cummins high output, and they were running 800 um, foot-pounds of torque with the high output. And the way you can simply tell is by looking at the badge on the bottom right of the tailgate, if it says Cummins high output, you know you got 800 foot-pounds of torque from the factory. Now, the manual transmissions weren't offered with that, so they, you know, basically come with 650 foot-pounds of to- uh, torque if it's not a high output or a manual transmission just because they can't support it from the factory. So to get that 800 set up, they call it the Cummins 800. Some guys call it that, you know. Definitely look at that area, 11 or 12, 11 and a half and newer. 13, they came out with the urea. So a lot of guys want only 12, um, 11 and a half and 12s. Oh, really? Yeah, that's a it's huge. It's that narrow of a market. It really is a year and a half right there because people don't realize that you can eliminate all that equipment and do it safely. Right. You know, possibly maybe it's too new yet. Maybe they have emissions tested in their area. Uh, who knows what your story is, why you don't want a urea truck, but there's a lot of guys out there that don't want it. So if you are looking for a newer body Cummins, um, that was always the best seller, 2011 and a half and 2012. <laughs> I do love the, the body style change that Dodge did on the front end. I think it looks absolutely phenomenal. I love the looks from the outside. So grateful that they finally updated their interior. Uh, it's no longer the plain, boring plastic that it always has been. It's it's interactive. It's it's snazzy, yeah. uh, if I could use that word. I definitely think it's something that grabs my attention. I will say... Snazzy? I might have to clip your man card. Like, <laughs> just like a corner of it or something. Like, hey, calm down. You said snazzy. But, yeah, they had to do something. They, they did. They I feel like they finally something. caught up to the market. Because I, I will say Power Strokes, I feel, by by far and large, have always had some of the best interior options. If you wanted something really fancy, Ford probably had it. And, you know, if I had a dollar for every time somebody told me, I want a Ford chassis, 
I want a Cummins motor and an Allison transmission. <laughs> if I had a dollar for every time I heard that request, I could build that platform <laughs> and set it up. Everybody wants that. So, granted, there's good and bad of everything, I think. Sure. But to try to, you know, focus on the things that you want to know before you make a purchase, that's why we're here today. You know, and if uh, you have forty grand on a Ford, you chances are you're in, you're in a six seven, all with low miles, probably uh, you know a really nice setup, uh, Lariat Ultimate package. Um, you know, all the bells, all the whistles, twenty twelve and newer, all day long you can find one for forty grand. That's really nice, unmodified and clean. Nice, still okay. under warranty. Probably you can find one. Okay. Yeah. Typically, yeah. That's and that's what you would want. You know, if you're going to. I would imagine money. if I'm in that that it price bracket that i'm shopping I, personally i would think i either want warranty or i want something that maybe was modified by a trusted source you, you know i could in my head i could rationalize spending 40 grand on an 06 07 truck regardless of the year and it, if it was built right and i knew i could trust the build behind it mm-hmm. that's like something that Nick's, i would be interested right bought, yeah <laughs> if i bought if i bought nick pregnant's truck <laughs> right, I, I would you know be totally fine with that that would be totally cool with me. Um, you know, there are shops out there where, you know, the owner has a truck or maybe, you know, the guy who paid that shop to work on it and they have all the receipts. I do feel like buying modified trucks is okay, especially if you're trying to get ahead in a build. It's usually a great way to shortcut yeah, yeah. Your, a, a, pl- a build plan. Um, you know, somebody else's loss is usually your gain. Right. So so I think there's there's some to be played with. I do love the, the advice if it's modified, you don't know anything about the history of that modification. Mm-hmm. Assume it's terrible. Right. It, just assume play it that, safe. Yeah. It's your money. You, you know what I mean? You're not gambling with government money. You're, it's your money. <laughs> That's you why know. I tell people, buy a stock one. It takes a lot of what-ifs out of the equation. Yeah. I mean, you know um, a lot more. You can predict more, too, when you start with a stock bill. And okay. you start your mod as hard as that is. I've had to restart <laughs> my mod list a ton of times. And to restart it, yeah, it's may, maybe a bummer. But you know that it's done right. The parts that you like are in the truck. Right. And somebody didn't, you know, shortcut something. All right. Well, you know, I'm a huge fan of the LMLs. I know we're getting into an LML if we're in that 40 grand price bracket. Yeah. Give me some highlights. Give me some lowlights if there are any. Well, just to rephrase what you're saying, we I've sold LBZs in that price range, you know, in that 40 grand price Kid, range. You sold LBZs in that price range in 2007 when they were new. Quit lying. I have to tell you, you know, we've we've been able to find really low mileage ones like one with a thousand miles for example that sold more than 40 grand so i mean there's those instances where people will spend that cash on an lbz because it's pre-emissions yeah there's a sucker born every day and danny might find you i heard you the, yeah. the old saying there's an ass <laughs> for every seat you know so don't be that guy be make an educated decision when you're out there you know i mean 40 grand to be honest with you in that example 40 grand for a thousand mile lbz that was i mean brand new I probably would have been that sucker who paid it. You know, I feel like that that, that there are some situations that could rationalize it. Mm-hmm. Okay. But but if we're talking about in general, right. 40 grand, I come on the lot, what should I expect to go home with? I mean, and you're wanting to buy an LML, chances are it's going to be out of warranty. It's going to be a little bit over 100,000 miles. Um, you know, it's going to be a truck that's been used, obviously, and possibly maybe mildly abused. Um, but... You won't find, you know, the showstopper typically for forty grand um, on an LML. I have to say, usually they're going to be higher miles, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe not as nice of an interior as you want, and all the bells and whistles. So, you know, basically, if you want a nice truck, I tell people, good is not cheap, and cheap is not good. You know, 
<laughs> if you're going to pull the trigger and you're going to buy a truck, you know, I'd rather, um, you know, settle on a payment per month, give a, you know, pay a little bit more than settle on my purchase. Okay. Okay. I hear you. I hear you. All right. So let's fire through the categories again. I'd love to hear your personal preference as we go through them. Yeah. I assume I'm not just going to be a Duramax down the road on price here, right? So if I got ten grand, we talked about um, first gen, second gen Cummins. We talked about seven three power strokes, and we talked about LB seven Duramaxes. Mm -hmm. It's your ten thousand dollars now, Danny. Now you're the customer. <laughs> now you're giving me your money. Yeah. What do you got? I'm sorry. I'm a diehard GM guy, and I'm going to find an LB seven that's rust free. I don't care really how many miles are on it at that point, because I I know what we're capable of doing with them. Okay. So I'll find one. Um, and if you want to put me up to the test, I'll find one for you too. Just you know. I mean, to be honest with you, I would I would personally go the other way on this, and I would probably come home with a second gen Cummins. No lie. See, I, I'm a big fan of the common rail. Uh, life. I mean, I am too. I, I, I hear you on this, and I, I feel like if we were talking about a power platform, which you guys have already heard our budget build episode where Chris Emke and uh, Pete Shibby came on and we talked about the difference in this $15,000 price range for 600 horsepower, Scott had decided that Pete had a really good presentation and chose his build, uh, but that's okay. Mm -hmm. I, I still, to be honest with you, if it was really my money and I was really going home I probably would pick out the second-gen Cummins. I feel like the motor is going to give me more reliability. I feel like my maintenance cost is going to be lower. My repair costs are going to be lower. Right. I, I feel like there are some advantages to it. I do hear you on the warnings, and I, I love right. to know that. Stay yeah. away from the 53 block. Yeah. Know what's up with the transmission. I would personally buy a manual anyway, so mm -hmm. it really wouldn't be a problem. It, that, and it's, it's a preference, I think, is my point here. Well, is we, that we always ask You people, can't be wrong. Yeah, you can't be. We always ask people, you know, Yeah, you taught me that. Ask people what they're using a the truck for first off. You right. know? If you're hauling a, a trailer every day, I'm going to put you in a 5.9 Cummins all day long. If you ever notice on the highway, everybody that's hauling a camper out of Indiana, hauling them to dealerships, mo 9 out of 10 of them are driving a 5.9 Cummins with a stick. And why is that? Because at the end of the week, they get paid on fuel savings. So if, if they basically save money on fuel, that's money they're putting right back in their pocket. That's it. You know, and that's some, if I was going to travel to Alaska tonight, I would find a 5.9 stick. That's the most reliable truck you can literally buy, in my opinion. And I'm a diehard guy <laughs> telling you that. So it just matters, like, you know, what well, are you using it. the truck for? What are you doing, you know? That's it. And if you want to go fast, you want to go places, yeah, I'll put you in a Duramax. And, and I, feel like, I feel like, too, if I'm towing... I could save some money by changing up my cab configuration. Even if I have two kids, I could still run an extended cab long bed. Generally, the lowest priced cab configuration there is in, in any dirt or any diesel, pretty much any truck across the board. That is the generally considered the least desirable setup. Uh, quad um, cab long bed? Quad cab, uh, no, extended, extended cab. cab long bed sure. are always end up being the cheapest. And it's a school bus to drive. It's not as practical as having a quad cab. Long beds are nice. Yeah. Um, I, I just I feel like there's something there to help save me some money and help get me a little bit further ahead. It is an oddball ca uh, cab box combination, but I'll tell you, the guy that wants that combination because the crew cab long bed won't fit in his garage, he's going to come for that extended cab long bed, <laughs> and it has a sale written all over it. That's so, such a good point. That's yeah, such a good point. The little things. You don't think about that when you're at the dealership. Is this son of a bitch going to fit in my garage? Right. So it matters. Okay. So I got 15 grand. You got 15 grand. Mm -hmm. What truck are you buying from me? You know, fifteen grand. Um, I'll tell you. I'll try to find a high mileage LBZ. It can be done. 
It's really tough to do. It can be done. A lot of guys like to hang on to them because they know what they have. Sure. You know, I call LBZs the holy grail of diesels, in my opinion, because they're the most tuner-friendly truck. We can program the TCM, the ECM. We can do all sorts of different upgrades for cheap, you know. Right. You can run 13 seconds and a quarter mile for pretty cheap with yeah. an LBZ, you know. Yeah, I definitely agree. You're you're in with a shout on that. Yeah. Okay, Um, 25 grand. That was the budget we were at. We, we covered... We covered the six seven power stroke high miles mm-hmm. from what I remember. High miles six seven power stroke. Yeah, super we can, high miles, like two fifty. Oh, I just I can't imagine going home <laughs> after I gave you twenty five grand and having a two hundred and fifty thousand mile truck. It happens. Sure. There's there's definitely a niche out there for it. You yeah. know, people it's it's better than some of their other options, right? Mm-hmm. Um but I just I, I have a hard time swallowing that pill personally. And it's tough. It is. And it then is. now the other option is to go with the Cummins. Mm-hmm. I, I can do an 06, 07 common rail Cummins, or I can get into, uh, what are you thinking for mileage? Give me a ballpark on mileage if I'm getting into a Duramax, because we talked about an LBZ for 25 grand. Oh, uh, you're 100,000 miles. 100,000 miles. Yeah. Okay. And you know, my numbers, I got to tell you, these are just average numbers that I have in my head from dealing with so many customers across sure. across the board, across the country. And, you know, so if you're one, if you're saying in your head, well, he's wrong. I bought my LBZ for 20 grand with 80,000 miles. You might be that rare guy that yeah. got a deal. Okay. I'm just saying, if you go out on auto trader, you go out on any of these websites, so to speak, car gurus, it goes on and on. Of course, this is going to be what you're going to expect to pay for something that's nice and worthwhile. Not something that's been on a farm its whole life, been <laughs> being used and abused. You know what I mean? It's no, like, I, I hear I hear you. I, I think that's a good point to make. There's, Like we said before, there's definitely going to be some exceptions, some sure. outliers out there. But what we're trying to really focus on here is hone in on the general majority. Right. What's the most people or the most average right. situation we can look at? Okay. So do you go with the Duramax? Do you go with an LBZ? The the pinnacle, the best, the the holy grail, I take it? Yeah. Okay. So you're not even considering I've owned four LBZs. I have to tell you. <laughs> so there's a reason why I keep going back to LBZs. And people always ask me, well, why have you owned four? Well, what happens is I always trick them out. And then somebody wants to buy it at the gas station, at Walmart. I don't care where I'm in traffic. They're rolling the window down saying, how much you want for your truck? Because <laughs> they know what I have because they either had one, their friend has one, yeah. or they read about it. Right. You know, and even with high miles, they will bring big money. I got to agree with you on this one. I would definitely go with the LBZ at a $25,000 price range. I don't think there's any question in my mind. Yeah. Um, I, I love too. the you know, I love the Cummins option. Yeah, yeah, you could get into an LMM, I yeah. think, at that, at and that, that ballpark. And that's for you guys that don't know the alphabet, you know, the RPO <laughs> codes. Oh, LMM is 07.5 to 2010, the new body style that they changed over in 07.5. From the classic body Duramax to the new body style which is known as the LMM. That's it. That's it. Absolutely. Added to DPF caused problems, but no big deal. Worst things have happened. Okay. I'm in the unlimited or I'm in the $40,000 price range. I'm looking at a used truck. I'm not buying something brand new. I got to be honest with you, man. You really sold me on a, on a warrantyable six, seven power stroke. Now they're not the worst trucks on earth. They no. definitely, I think Ford has stepped up reliability and, and, power and production and mm-hmm. i i said i i love their interiors i really do think that they offer the best interior options i don't know that they're affordable or practical by the time you get done paying for them but i do love the way they look when somebody else has shelled out the money for it i think if i had 40 grand no if i had 40 grand i'd still buy an lml um how about you danny you know i gotta say that i am a big fan 
of all the newer trucks that are out, okay. they're all so similar anymore. And there's so much available in the aftermarket world for all of them. Um, Power Strokes probably were one of our best sellers uh, from a 2011 to newer. Okay. And to say that, it's because they do hold a high book value, even used. So to have one on the lot and to get it in NADA value, that's a big thing right there. You really got to shop at the NADA value because here in the Midwest, banks don't even use Kelly Blue Book. Um, that is a West Coast value. Yeah. Not many people realize that Kelly Blue Book and Edmonds don't have any bearing here in the Midwest. All the banks here are going to use NADA, and you can check it out yourself. There's also a dealer side of it that you can't see, but the public side of it is so close. So I recommend researching your NADA value just for your own sake because you don't want to get – you don't want to fall in love with the truck and then realize that it's five grand over book and you don't have five grand in your pocket extra and you want to finance that truck and your heart's broken. Now your banker's telling you no because it's yeah. five grand over book, but that's the one you want. <laughs> you know, So do your preliminary homework on that website. It's not a Bible. Like I was saying, it's just a great guide. So if you find one that's above it or below it, I've sold trucks that were 10 grand over book, 10 grand under book. Right. You know, it can go both ways. And I'm not going to tell a guy that just because it's uh, ten grand underbook that I can charge you ten more. I'm charging you know, well, the lowest possible price right now because we want to earn your business. Sure. You know? Well, it's market price, and right. I think that's the big difference. It is really hard, especially if you're a first-time lot purchaser. So if you've bought all of your cars used from friends or private sellers in the past, and this is your first time at a dealership, it's hard to kind of wrap your head around it um, that there is an actual live market value, the absolute highest amount that a dealership can get based on the lowest amount of money that a customer is willing to spend. So, yeah. so you, you got to find that kind of agreement in between those two gauges. But uh, I definitely appreciate all of the, the insight you gave us today, Danny. I think this is a, a great guide. If customers want to do more, I definitely refer you to checking out uh, the Duramax Tuner has some information, has some videos on first-time car purchase or first-time yeah, diesel truck purchasing. Segment. Yeah, that's what inspired me to want to talk about this today, actually. Absolutely. Yeah, they, they they killed it with that stuff. There's also a ton of forums out there, Duramax Forum, Diesel Place, Diesel Bombers, uh, depending on what brand you're into, Cummins Forum, different things like that. Research the forums. You're not the first guy to have this question, right. and that's what we really want to encourage people to realize Whatever you're thinking about diesel performance or whenever you're thinking about purchasing a new vehicle, somebody else has been through that experience. And they probably have some good insight that will help point you in the right direction as well. And I just want to put this out there. I have a listener out there. I don't know who you are, but you're saying, oh, he didn't say anything about 6.0s or 6.4 power strokes. What the heck? That was on purpose. Okay. <laughs> but I just want to go back to that just real briefly to let you know that you can find these type of trucks from 03 and a half to 2010 for fairly cheap sometimes um the 60 was offered from 03 and a half september 15th of 03 they switched over to 07 and then the 64 was offered from 08 only till 2010 and they switched over from the huey injection in the 60 to the uh, common rail injection in 08 which is a huge jump for ford at that time but a lot of guys spend a lot of money on these trucks to keep them on the road they're pro in my experience 
um, there's a lot of guys that enjoy them. A lot of mechanics own them, and a lot of guys that are in the horsepower love six fours. But they are the most expensive to own and operate out of all the trucks we talked about. That's why I left them till the end here. And it's it's nothing to do with a bias on this. This is this is factual information. I'm not trying to bash on six right. O's. I'm not trying to bash on six fours. Right. But we did discuss leaving them out of the episode because we personally would not recommend anybody we know to go and purchase one. Right, unless you're a mechanic and you fully understand what you're getting into um, and you have free time because they're very labor intensive. If you have free time and money, you should just call me. I got some really cool stuff you could work on <laughs> around my house. Too. Yeah, know, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. If you have any other questions about any other truck, uh, what to purchase, what should I what should I get into, what's uh, tuner friendly, call us. We'd love to chat with you. Absolutely. Well, folks, thank you very much for listening. This has been Paul Wilson. And I'm Danny Voss. With the Diesel Performance Podcast. Have a great night. The Diesel Performance Podcast is brought to you by Calibrated Power Solutions, home of DuramaxTuner.com, developer of performance engine and transmission calibrations for a wide variety of late model diesel powertrains, including the Duramax, Cummins, John Deere, Jeep, and many more. For more information and the best customer service in the industry, check out CalibratedPower.com or call 815-568-7920.